Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Barnyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here in the early hours of Friday. It's Maroon Friday here in Star Vegas. Busy day for me, for sure. I'm going to be signing books uh, at Barnes & Noble on campus today. I think that's uh, 11, 11 to 1.30. And we'll head over to the dude. Watch Bulldogs uh, kick off a three-game series against Northern Kentucky. We'll preview that later in the show. I want to thank everybody that came out yesterday to Friendly City Books in Columbus. If you are in the greater Columbus area, let me encourage you to give them your business. They are a relatively new bookstore. Fantastic little place. Uh, right there downtown. And uh, what's interesting, they've been open about a year. And sadly, shortly after they opened, some, there was an accident. Somebody drove their car into the store. Had to have all this construction, that sort of stuff. So they, you know, they're they're finally kind of up and running again, again and doing well. But if you're in the area, go by and see them. They have Dog Pile. Uh, they have a couple of my other books too. Go by and check those guys out. But even if you're not buying my books, if you live in Columbus, go see Friendly City Books. I am a big proponent of independent bookstores, as you guys know. That is the lifeblood of the Mississippi literary experience. We're very fortunate and blessed in our state to have so many great independent bookstores. And so, uh, good experience yesterday with those com- those guys. My first time signing there. Uh, today, believe it or not, it'll be the first time that I've signed on campus, Barnes & Noble on campus. Excited about that. On Saturday, from 2 to 4, I'll actually have to miss the baseball game. Uh, I'll be at Barnes & Noble in Ridgeland. Barnes & Noble in Ridgeland. So, if you're... Uh, out and about, or perhaps maybe you're at home watching the game and you you know want to send somebody out to go get your book, you can come by and do that. So it's Barnes & Noble in Ridgeland. And so uh, it has been uh, quite the process getting all these online orders together. As you guys know, it's, uh, it's a volume issue. I mean, it's, uh, it's incredible. I mean, it really is. And so I uh, actually signed uh, yesterday. My agent comes up, brings the big truck, and I signed about 250 more books kind of in advance of the other online orders. Everything that is ordered up through Tuesday has either been shipped or will ship today, which will be, and it's a very small shipment today. It was a big shipment yesterday, not as big as it has been because uh, they're getting caught up, and I'm getting a lot of these Facebook and uh, Twitter and social media posts of people getting their books. And, uh, again, there has been some delays, and I apologize for that. We've done our best to uh, to kind of keep up, and I know it – it's uh, frustrating, but man, 99% of you guys have been absolutely great. It's like, hey, Steve, we just, we just want to make sure we're getting it. So you should have received the notification that your order is complete. If you hadn't and you don't get your book in a couple of days, you need to hit me up and I'll have them research. And it's been overwhelming for everybody involved, but we are finally at the end of the, uh, end of the forest, shall we say, back into the clearing. It's been a lot of fun, though. I mean, it has. And... Uh, Got a call from Ron Polk yesterday. Ron's an avid reader. Read the book. Told me I made one mistake in it. Thanks, Coach. 
Um, but yeah, the reality of it is, is you know, when you get when when you write about Mississippi State baseball, you want the approval of number one. And Coach Polk called me, and he goes, "Steve, the book is fantastic. It meant a lot to me. You, know, you you guys are the folks that I care about. I mean, Mississippi State folks. Like I told you guys before, I'm never going to go cover the Lakers or anything like that. This is it for me." And Ron Polk's a guy that uh, I've got a lot, tremendous amount of respect for, like all of you do. And every day when I come and sit at my desk, I'm looking at it right now, I've got this 3M sticky note that says, Steve, best wishes and good luck always, Ron Polk. My dad secured that for me uh, years ago. It's framed and matted right here by my desk. A little 3M sticky note was probably very insignificant to Ron Polk at the time. It means an awful lot to me. And so it's... Uh, Got the maroon matting and a wide frame around it. It's one of the best gifts I was ever given. And at the time when I got it, I was just so completely surprised that, uh, you know, Ron Polk, you know, the great Ron Polk wrote my name down on a piece of paper. Yeah, it's crazy. So I got a chance to talk to Coach a little bit yesterday. And, uh, you know, to, to have his approval means an awful lot to me. It does. You write a baseball book about Mississippi State, you got to hope number one likes it. And those things mean a lot to me. I've heard a lot from many of you that have said that uh, you've read the book. They believe it's my best book so far. I agree. I know that I'm biased, but I hope I'm getting better at it. You know, we're five books in. Yeah, and there's a few mistakes here and there. Got to get some things corrected for the second printing. And let me go ahead and kind of bring you guys up to speed on that too. So here is kind of the reality of where we are. We're number one, right? We're number one, the number one, the best-selling book in Mississippi right now. That's that, that is so fun to say. It, as I say it, you know, I can just feel like the positivity just kind of radiating out of my soul that we're number one. Not that I expected anything less, but the reality of it is it's number one. It means a lot to me. It really does. And there's a partnership between me and you. I write them, you buy them, and then they report the the, uh, the sales. And, uh, you know, so this is like, it's, it's a little different deal. You know, it's not like that we're turning in. People say, oh, well, I bought these books on, you know, from the website. We don't get, those doesn't count. We don't get to count those. We don't report the sales. I don't report the sales. My agent, my publisher, they don't report the sales. It comes from the book, independent bookstores in Mississippi. And so... It's a big deal to be on that list. I didn't maybe recognize that when Flim Flam came out. You know, I thought, well, you know, maybe I'm just, you know, you know, the latest book to come out in Mississippi just got a little juice to it, you know. And, uh, you know, you get to know some other writers around the state of Mississippi, and they'll kind of give you some context. Like, hey, you know, Steve, you're always on the list. And many of them have never been on the list. And in some ways, it kind of makes me sad, but at the same time, it makes me proud. I mean, it's, they don't just give that stuff away. You know, they don't. And so we're number one. Um, we're going to run out of copies of the first edition. You know, the hope was we could make it, you know, through March. We're barely going to make it through February. Barely. Now, there are some signings coming out. There have already been some books allocated for, like I'll be in Baton Rouge soon. And uh, so those books, you know, th those are earmarked for those signings. That's been put away. So I would say we'll have to kind of bridge this thing together probably during, you know, mid-March. 
and up to late April to kind of get you guys taken care of. Chances are we're going to have to kind of direct you to uh, to vendors that still have books. You know, people like Bookmart and Cafe and you know, Barnes and Noble and Campus Bookmart, people like that. You know, that's the reality of it is we're going to have to kind of direct you there because the warehouse is going to be depleted. So, of course, we'll still take your online order, but you need to kind of be, no, once once we get to this point, once this inventory is exhausted, you know, it's probably going to be about a six to eight week delay. And they're in communication with the printer now. We're doing our best to kind of get it moved up. You know, we're begging, pleading, uh, you know, offering, you know, some concessions, I guess you could say, to kind of get the book sooner rather than later because it is so hot. You know, we want to, we, we'd love to stay number one, but the reality of it is, you know, the primary focus is we want you guys to have your books. And so whether you be first editions or second editions, and the second edition, the second printing will have a couple of tweaks in it, some mistakes that we made, uh, mainly in typeset. And so we'll get those things taken care of. And, uh, you know, and then it's like we've already sent that stuff in, and I found a couple of things that I want to fix the next time. So and then we'll do, we'll do another printing this summer and then probably do another one, you know, for the fall. Uh, you know, for holidays. And so I'll be signing this book all year. You know, traditionally what happens is, you know, the book comes out, say, August, September, and then I sign through the holiday season and then kind of do a handful of signings in the spring. Well, this is much different. It's a different animal. So we'll be signing this, you know, all the way through football season. Then I'll probably take a bit of a break. And a lot of people, when they come to book signings, they say, Steve, what's next? And the truth of the matter is, I don't know. I don't know. I might take the year off. I hadn't decided yet. I'm going to enjoy this, though. I've worked extremely hard for this. It's been a lot of stress and anxiety with this book cycle, too. Much of it just kind of beyond our control. You know, we had the national paper shortage and auto supply chain issues. And, you know, the printer had some COVID issues from time to time, had some issues getting staff. You know, so it's like it's been a longer process, been very stressful. And, of course, you know, all of you guys, you know, you have expectations, too. You know, it's like, hey, you know, like to get the book. Didn't realize we're going to have to wait till February to get it. But you know, people are like, oh, Steve, don't worry about it. It's perfect, man. Baseball's just starting. Everybody's fired up again. And maybe that's the case. But um, we're going to run out of books. But we're getting more printed. So don't panic. You probably need to have a little bit of urgency. But uh, understand that if you don't get a copy of the first edition, there will be another one on the way. And then another one. And then another one. And then another one. So we're going to be selling this book and signing this book all year. A lot of people have asked about out-of-state signings. Would love for me to come to your town. And you know what? I would love to come from your town, to come to your town and be able to eat at, uh, at your local places, get to see your smiling faces. But that's going to come in the summer. Just not going to have time to do it. You know, I'll, I'll be in Baton Rouge soon, but uh, not going to do a ton of out-of-state stuff until the summer. And then what we'll, what we'll probably do is we'll probably knock out, like we'll go to Alabama and we'll do probably Mobile, Birmingham, Huntsville, do all that in like a week's time. Just kind of get it all done in a week. And then we'll take a couple weeks off. We'll probably make a run through Tennessee. Probably do something in Memphis, Nashville. You know, some, somewhere in between. And then we'll be done. You know, but we'll, we'll, we'll knock some things out for you guys. We'll, sure. And if you're interested in that, please reach out. Of course, I'm doing some dates with the Mississippi State Alumni Association as well. So if you know Michael, say, hey, when you guys come, bring Steve with you. I'm happy to go, provided I can. So there we are with that. Big show today. We got some men's basketball stuff to talk about. We got women's basketball stuff to talk about. We got a lot of baseball stuff to talk about. I'm excited about that. 
Let's thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of the show. And guys, we talk about going in places where you just feel comfortable. You know, I like I like new places. I do. I like new restaurants when I travel and that sort of stuff. And it's like, well, I always ask people, hey, what would you recommend? Like, if you were going to sell me the place, what do I have to have? See, that's not the case when I go to Bulldog Burger Company. I've been there so many times. There is this comfortability. There's a reliability there. I know what I like there, which is most everything. I know what I want to order when I go there. And I know the quality of the experience that I'm going to have. And so you walk in, there's not this anxiety. Oh, what am I I going to order? Oh, my God. No. Just go sit down because you know that there's going to be this consistency. That's a difficult thing to find in today's day and times. Consistency. People that consistently do a good job on a daily basis. Well, that's the case at Bulldog Burger Company. Great food, great portions at a great price with a great atmosphere. Bulldog Burger Company now with three great locations to serve your University Drive here in Stark Vegas. That's the flagship. And of course, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, the brand new in Lake Harbor Drive area and the Ridge and Flowood area. Go check it out. You'll be glad you did. Have the spring rolls for your appetizer. You'll be glad you did. They are the best appetizer in Starkville proper and uh, probably about to take over the world. You think I'm joking, I'm not. Make you and everybody around you better looking. It's science. Get the chocolate shake to go. Have that great restaurant quality hamburger. And, you know, maybe if you're not feeling like, Steve, I don't feel like eat that heavy for lunch, you know, get that BLT salad. You can get it fried or grilled. See, I got it right this time. You'll be glad you did. A lot of options. A lot of great people doing a great job at Bulldog Burger Company. The place where people go to meet, M-E-A-T. All right, let's talk about men's basketball. I don't really want to, but we're going to talk about it. I'm disappointed. I mean, I really am. I'm, I'm disappointed. Disappointed this season has not gone the way we expected. We lose a ball game that we absolutely should have won, and that's kind of been the story this year. We lose at South Carolina. And to be honest with you, I never thought the game was in question. It's like they, they got the lead up to double digits and just kind of nursed it along, and we could never really strike back. They ran that zone at us, and it's like we had never seen it before. We weren't able to get the pass into the high post. Our deficiencies, ball handling on the perimeter, were exposed again. You know, we could sit here and just kind of bemoan the fact, but here's the reality of it. Mississippi State about to make a coaching change on the Mississippi State men's basketball coaching side. There's no doubt about it. You know, and that's the thing that I go back to, too. It's like, well, you know, Steve, there's still hope. Yes, there is. But is this the kind of program that we want? I mean, honestly, do we have to sweat this out every single year? Can we not just have a big year? Can we not just have a good year? Can we not just consistently be a good basketball team? You know what? I don't expect us to be good at everything all the time. I mean, that's not how competition works. But we have a big enough sample size right now to understand what the Ben Howland experience is going to be. Hey, Ben is a great person. You won't find anybody around Starkville, Mississippi, that will have anything negative to say about Ben Howland as a person. You just won't. I mean, like, you walk around this campus, you talk to people like, oh, Ben's a great guy. We're just not winning enough. You know, Sylvester Croom was a great guy, too. He just didn't win enough. And that's the reality of where we are. What kind of basketball program do you want? We've been to the NCAA tournament one time under Ben Howland's era. We didn't go at all at Rick Ray, of course. I mean, you begin to look at what we've done and, and how, in many respects, you know, futile the men's basketball program has been. 
since the, quote, retirement of one Rick Stansberry. We were getting the tournament with uh, you know, pretty good regularity when Rick was here. Some other years we went to the NIT and probably should have been a tournament team. But every year we're kind of hoping it out. Well, we're going to make the tournament. You know, and I remember there was some silliness earlier in the year. And, and listen, I will never shame anybody for optimism in one's team. It's like, oh, it feels like 96. It never felt like 96 to me. Never. And we have talent. That's the frustrating part of all this. We have talent. We consistently, consistently are inconsistent. That, that's the trademark, I think, of the program right now, is that we're going to find a way to not play well down the stretch you know, coaching matters in close ball games. It does. I mean, you heard Vic Schaefer say it. I mean, you remember when we lost a national championship game against Notre Dame? And Blair and Vic are up there being all emotional, and you know, Vic's like, hey, you know, they, I gotta get, they got to get me to four minutes, and i got to get them home. And I didn't get them home. He took the blame for it. And Blair's like, no, it's not your fault. It's, it's our fault. we got to execute. we got to do that. You know, when it gets down late, it boils down to adjustments. It boils down to X's and O's. It boils down to motivation. It boils down to execution. We're not good at that, those things. And again, the question that I ask you, is this the kind of basketball program you want? That every single year we're on the NIT bubble. That's the reality of it. We're not on the NCAA tournament bubble. You can forget that. We're on the NIT bubble. And I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't play. And some would say, well, you know, let the players decide. You know, okay, whatever. But I, I think what we need to do is we need to go ahead and find the, the direction of our program and find the person that's going to lead it and let that person get to work. Do you think anybody's going to come watch us play in the NIT? I mean, honestly. We're not going to be a home game anyway. We're going to be on the road. And I know a lot of people, it's like, hey, you know, I just love men's basketball. How much more would you love it if we were winning consistently? I knew I would. Let's look at some numbers here real quick. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about this. I'd rather talk about baseball. And, and I, love the, I love the Jeans Page message board guide. It's like, oh, well, Steve, you just, you just like baseball better, so you, you don't have anything positive to say about basketball. There's nothing positive to say about basketball. It's not a Steve issue. It's a basketball issue. And in many respects – my undying love of this program died that day in Hawaii with Bernardo Sidney and Elgin out there slugging at each other out in Hawaii. Wake up to that in the morning, and it's national news. We had two guys beating each other up on national television. It's an embarrassment, one of the most embarrassing moments in, the, in, in Mississippi State Athletics history. And in many respects, it's, it has been a drift since then. That's why it's so important for us to get this hire correct. And, I, and I've said this on the show before. I don't want anybody at the Bryan Building, at the SEAL Complex, and the Hall of Champions, I don't want anybody involved with Mississippi State Athletics that doesn't want to be here. I don't care if it's from the coach to the cleaning staff. If you don't think this is the greatest job in the world, then take the train. I want somebody that's going to think this is a great opportunity for me. This is not just a way for me to pad my retirement. This is a way for me to advance my career. This is an opportunity for me to be on the big stage, to play in the Power Five, to play in the Southeastern Conference, to have an opportunity to kind of coach this team against some of the heavyweights, 
in my sport. It's a chance for me to prove myself. And I'm going to go in there and I'm going to accept that opportunity and I'm going to run with it. And I'm going to prove to people what Mississippi State can, can be. You know, we know that we can win in every sport. We know this. You know, it's kind of tough to break through in college football. I mean, we haven't had, you know, what, one new national champion in the last 30 years, and that was Florida. It's difficult to break through. It's a, it's a little easier to break through in baseball and, and in some respects, men's basketball. I mean, you're really a couple recruiting classes away from putting together an elite team if you can piece it together. And that's the kind of coach that I want. I want a men's basketball coach that's going to come in here and pardon the pun – I want somebody full of piss and vinegar. I want somebody that's going to come in here and get ready to go. I want somebody that thinks this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to them and they're going to do all they can to demonstrate their loyalty to us and say, you know what, these people believed in me. I'm going to give them a great basketball program that they can be proud of, that they're willing to turn out and watch. And and one of the things, too, that I get get a little interested with is uh, people being so critical of our fans for not coming to games. And I get it. I, trust me, I do. I mean, the hump is a much better atmosphere when you guys are there. I mean, I, there is no atmosphere without you there. But, I mean, let, let's kind of look at things, too. The hump, the fan experience has gotten very antiquated. That's one of the reasons why they're renovating the Coliseum. Uh, it's interesting, too. I mean, you know, people kind of pick and choose the, the things we need to do and haven't done. I mean, you know, there's... There's only so much money to go around. We're committing a tremendous amount of money to get this thing resolved. The hump got old on us. It did. You know, of course, and we, you know, we've renovated the, the, you know, some areas up there. But we don't have the luxury seating. It just from a fan amenity standpoint, it, it is lagging behind the rest of the Southeastern Conference. That's been recognized as being corrected. But it's the same old hump, right? I mean, yeah, we put a new school board in. We put a new floor in. And, uh, you know, the, the reality of it is is that, you know, we've reseeded it a couple times, probably need to reseed it again. I'm a firm believer in bringing the, the students closer to the floor. They're the lifeblood of the arena. And let's be honest, too, there are a lot of people that buy those tickets down low don't come. I want the students closer to the floor. I know you guys do, too. But it's so easy to watch games on TV. Pretty easy. But also, too, the reality of it is, is uh, we're not very good. And, and I wonder, and, and I guess I'm being sarcastic when I say this, I wonder if that impacts attendance. There's not a big market for mediocre basketball tickets. And I don't like being mediocre, and you guys don't either. And, and let me just say this, it's not one of these situations where we don't win more because the fans don't come. No. The fans don't come because we don't win enough. Like, I don't understand. What is there not to understand? I mean, just that's the reality of life. People aren't going to pack the car and pack the kids and put up with sometimes what the inconvenience of is coming to a ball game to go watch us lose a game we shouldn't. That is the pedigree that which Mississippi State men's basketball has today. I'm a firm believer in, hey, you know, packing the car and being with the kids and having the big family moment, celebrating Maroona, it's always a good time. It is. But people would rather come to baseball. People would rather come to football. Better chance to see a win, right? And it's, it's, it's easy for us to live in the big Maroon bubble. It's like, you know, well, you know, we're always going to the games anyway. We live here, right? And so that's one of the reasons you move to Starkville is to attend Mississippi State athletic events. 
So we're going to go. But even our, our tried and true Golden Triangle Bulldogs aren't turning out to watch the basketball team play. And we want to blame the fans? Why would we want to blame the fans? It's not our fans' fault. Our fans have endured seven years without an NCAA tournament win. Asking an awful lot of them to keep turning out. So we're taking some steps to improve the program. Renovating Humphrey Coliseum. About to undergo a coaching search, barring just some you know, miraculous Normandale Hoosiers-type run to a championship. And so my hope is next year with a new coach, and next year's going to be a mess in, in the hump. It is. It's going to be a mess. It is. But my hope is, is, you know, a new broom sweeps clean. And my hope is that when we make the, the change here that uh, our fans will support the new coach. There are a lot of people that got off the Bulldog basketball bandwagon when Stansbury did. They just did. You know, no, nobody talks about that anymore either. Nobody talks about, you know, was that the right decision? I think we look at the last decade and we can say, you know what? Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tecovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing, the versatility of Tecovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tecovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tecovis believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tecovis boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Bulldog fans, many of us grew up in a time we didn't lock our doors. We didn't feel the need to. We didn't have a need to. But the world is a much different place today than it was when we were much younger. Surely you've seen your neighbors have these video doorbells and things of that nature. You can have the same peace of mind, but also the convenience that you grew up with, with our friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y. Very, 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 very simple product here. Very easy to install, and you set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. No drilling required, no power tools, anything like that. You get the keyless entry. You don't have to fumble around with the keys when you got your hands full. You never have to worry about your kids losing their keys. Or perhaps you've got a rental property and you worry about people passing that key around. 
You also don't have the anxiety of having this battery that goes down on you. It's Guys, you got four months of power here, and you get a low battery notification before it runs out so you can charge it back up. It's pretty simple. There's no monthly fee, unlike a lot of other brands that charge you that fee. You can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. Uh, Eufy is also on standby for you 24-7, and you can get a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by our professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or even live chat, which is awfully, awfully convenient. And here's the thing. There's just so much out there in the world these days. Wouldn't it be nice to know maybe who visited your door when you're out, or perhaps have the security of knowing that you've got video surveillance anytime somebody comes to your door? We absolutely can. Make sure that you look for Eufy Video Lock. That's visit E-U-F-Y official.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete troll of your door. That didn't work out well for us. All right, let's look at some men's basketball numbers here. 35-23 at the break. Didn't have a lot of hope, confidence in them. And I'm not going to break the game down. Who cares? I mean, it doesn't matter anymore. It really doesn't. That doesn't matter how well we ran a set or how well we defended this or we didn't do that or whatever. Uh, here are the numbers that jump out to me. 0-14 from the three-point line. 0 for 14. We're not just a bad perimeter team. We are a terrible perimeter team. Terrible. Terrible. 0 for 14. Are you kidding me? How do you ever catch up? We're not good enough defensively to get a you know get a bunch of stops. Every so often you got to knock down a three. I mean, do you think Shaquille Moore and these guys just stopped making threes when they got here? I mean, come on. I don't like the offense. I don't like any of this. I don't. Like, I don't. I don't. I don't like losing. You know, the rest of it is just you know, it's just details. I don't like losing. I don't like Mississippi State losing. And if we have coaches that aren't winning, then we need to make a change. Period. I'm tired of losing. 0 for 14 is losing basketball. Mississippi State 19 of 53 from the floor as a team. 35.8%. You're not going to beat hardly anybody like that. We're 18 of 26 from the line. Pulled down 29 rebounds. And that's the thing, too. When I look at these numbers, South Carolina beat us in everything. They absolutely beat us in everything. The one statistical category that we appear to have had a significant lead in, they had six deals. We had ten. Congratulations. Let's go hang a banner. And I hate to sound all negative today, but I had high aspirations for this team. And now here we are. And maybe it's for the best. Maybe it's for the best. You know, I wasn't real happy with the way that things worked out Sylvester Crooms last year. You know, in 2007, we had, you know, we, we felt pretty good. You know, it's like, hey, we're turning in the right direction. We get back to the ball game. We win. We beat Ole Miss, beat Alabama that year. It's like, hey. And then 2008, it completely falls apart on us again. And it's like I really wanted the guy to win. We didn't win. And I was disappointed. I was like, you know, I really wish they'd have won more. Because I like Sylvester Croom. We weren't an exciting brand of football, but I thought maybe we're turning in the right direction. Of course, you know, Woody McCorvey was stepping aside 
in 2009 was expected to hire into, you know, I can't remember who the guy was from Auburn, but it doesn't matter today. It's the same situation. And so I want Mississippi State to win. So here we are uh, looking through the numbers here. Derek Fountain, three minutes. This is the guy last year we thought was going to take a step forward. This year he hasn't. Appears that he's regressed, lost favor with his staff. Maybe a coaching change will be good for him. Uh, Cameron Matthews, a guy obviously that makes a lot of sense for us. He's got to be more involved and stuff. You know, and he is a great defender. Just nine minutes of action, and I guess the one basket he had was a big dunk there off the baseline. Yeah, and here's the thing that I go back to, too, is like, you know, you got to have some glue guys like him that, you know, do the grunt work. I think the, the, the new staff will be able to, to find a, a better role for him, probably use him a little more. I think he needs more minutes. Javian Davis, we had really high hopes for him when he transferred and, you know, we got the waiver and everything was going to be great. And Ten minutes, three points for him. Anderson Garcia, like his energy – I think, I think that he could be an interesting piece. I don't know that he's ever a starter for us, but we'll see. 14 minutes, five points for him. Shaquille Moore did not start but played 27 minutes. Cam Carter started in place of him. Uh, Shaquille, two of eight from the floor, six points. Cam Carter did not score over two from the field. Had a couple turnovers, did have a couple steals. Uh, Garrison Brooks, 31 minutes of action, two points. Two points. Eight rebounds. Led the team. Two points. DJ Jeffries, 28 minutes of action. Four points. Four points. Iverson Molinar, 11 points. Three of 10 from the field. That's right, three of 10. 0 of 3 from beyond the arc. Five of 6 from the line. Three rebounds, four personal fouls, three turnovers, a couple assists. 11 points. Tolu Smith. Tolu Smith, your prime shrimp player of the game. Interesting. Let me give you some information about prime shrimp before we uh, get into this. Prime shrimp. New flavor. How about this? You guys probably did, weren't expecting this today. Prime shrimp. New Orleans-based prime shrimp is excited to announce a new flavor launch at the website primeshrimp.com. Introducing Louisiana Shrimp Bowl. Doesn't that sound great? That sounds like you want to have it today. It tastes it's fresh out of the pot. Got a little extra kick for those of us that like it spicy. That is me. The sharp aromatic blend captures the magic of an authentic seafood bowl without any of the work. Take your mind back to a fond memory of a shrimp bowl in the bayou. But this time, replicate that favor in your own kitchen for 10 minutes or less. Try it out today at primeshrimp.com. You always get a money-back guarantee of orders of four pounds, and they ship for free. How about that? Money-back guarantee, all orders of four pounds or more ship for free. Use promo code BONEYARD to get 20 bucks off your order. That's right, 20 bucks just by listening to the show. And the cool thing is they send you the shrimp in these basically ready-to-cook pouches. It's very, very well packaged. It's iced down really good. So, like, if, if they shows up... In the morning, you're not going to have like a big mess when you get home. You don't have to peel them. You don't have to devein them. It's all that's taken care of for you. You just open the pouch, drop it in the bowl of water. Boom. we got a Louisiana shrimp bowl right there in your kitchen. Whether you live in Dry Creek, Stone Creek, Flint Creek, Holiday Creek, whatever, we can get you taken care of. Again, that's fresh shrimp 
excuse me, prime shrimp, fresh shrimp from prime shrimp. I'm going to confuse you guys with that. Go to primeshrimp.com and use promo code Boneyard. That's the prime shrimp player of the game, Tolu Smith. Tolu had a decent game. I'm probably the only guy you could look at and say, hey, got, got good numbers. 30 minutes of action, 8 of 13 from the floor, 5 of 6 from the free throw line. That's been a challenge for him this year. Pretty decent night there. A couple rebounds, uh, two personal foul, one block, uh, 21 points. 21 points. Leads uh, Mississippi State in scoring. Uh, nearly led all scores. Uh, Jermaine Cousinard had 22 for them. And uh, obviously South Carolina believes they still have a chance to make tournament. They played with that level of abandon. They didn't even get to the free throw line very often. 11 times, they made 10 of them. You know, we got there 26 times. We're, we're forcing action, but uh, just not working out for us. And it's like, you know, hey, well, well, Steve, they shot, you know, 43.9%. Yeah, you're right. Nearly 10% better than us. We didn't make a single three-pointer. They made six. That's not many. They're six to 21. Still better than us. Better than us at the free-throw line. Um, we never led in this ballgame. We tied it a couple times. We never led. We dominated this team in Starkville, expected to be able to go. We were so much more athletic than them when we were in Starkville. It looked completely different over there. Points in the paint for them, 28. We had 36. Points off turnovers. We had 17. They had six. You start looking at these things, you start wondering, well, what, you know, what's the deal here? Second chance points, we had 11. They had 14. Fast break, they had 16. Bench points, we had 18. They had 14. You say, wow, look at the intangibles. They favor us. But you know what? We, we can't hang a banner on that. When you have uh, two starters, excuse me, three starters that contribute six points, you're going to lose a combined six points with three of the starters. Six points. Six points. The good thing is we won't have to talk about this much longer. And, I, again, people, well, you know, Steve, you know, kind of been anti-Howland. No, I'm anti-losing. And you know what? If Chris Lamonis starts losing, I'm going to be anti-losing there too. I don't expect that to happen. I think we got one of the best coaches in the country. But you know, my loyalty is to Mississippi State, not to a coach or a player. Now, I'm loyal to them as long as they're here and hope for the best because if they win, that means we win. But the bottom line is, we're not winning enough. It is time to make a change, Mississippi State men's basketball side. And, it's, and you don't need – that's not breaking news. You all see it. We all see it. We all know it. Reality of it is, is that, you know, here we are again, missing an opportunity to get to the NCAA tournament. And don't, don't tell me we don't have the talent. Don't. We do. Well, now we're 16-12, and 7-8 and eight in the league. I go back to something I, I, I share with some friends of mine. I said, we're going we're gonna to win 17 games, and we're going to have a losing record in the league. And everybody's like, oh, that's not enough. It is. It is when you lose on the road at South Carolina. I knew, well, it's hard to win on the SEC road. It's true. But, you know, this is a team that we dominated just over a month ago, just under a month ago. And then we go up there and lay an egg. And uh, we're gonna, we got Vanderbilt at our place and then Auburn. And then we go to A&M. We could win a couple of those games. We could. We ought to be able to beat Vanderbilt at our place. We should. That's going to be on Saturday. And then we get Auburn at our place. And then we go to A&M. 
we could go 0 and 3. We could go 2 and 1. We could go 1 and 2. Any combination. That's just part of the deal. And young know, Vanderbilt is, uh, you know, playing pretty good basketball right now. I don't know if you knew that. Probably not winning enough up there either. But this is a team that, um, you know, has gotten a little bit better down the stretch. You know, they're not, you know, they're right there with us at 14 and 13. Nine and seven at home. They got they got four wins on the road, guys. We got one. They got four. But looking at some recent numbers here, I'm not going to spend a lot of time previewing uh, Vanderbilt. You know, they lose by two to Alabama. They beat A&M. And they hung in there with Auburn for a little while. You know, so it's like, you know, they're, they're competitive. Uh, if we think that we're just going to show up uh, tomorrow and win that game, we're kidding ourselves. We're not good enough to overlook anybody. I expect to win the game, but at this point, I've learned to expect the unexpected when it's coming to Mississippi State men's basketball. And then you know, I expect us to lose next Wednesday. And I think basketball season's probably over for us come March 5th. Just my honest opinion of that. So let's move on from that. Let's uh, get in the top 10 list. We can talk about something better. Top 10 list. Brought to you by CloseBlair.com. Blair Chandler is a friend of mine, which means he is a friend of yours. That's what we do. We're just all friends. One big, happy Bulldog family. It pays to have friends in the industry. There are a lot of things that are out in life that uh, require some know-how, some industry insider knowledge, and that's what Blair is. He is your friend in the mortgage industry. Works for Fairway Mortgage, the top-rated mortgage lending institution in America, according to, you know, some consumer reports. Voted number one in customer satisfaction. So you got the top guy from the top company, top 1% close ratio in the country gets Blair Chandler, 21 years in the industry. This guy knows how to get things done. If you stay in any industry for 20 years, it's not by accident. It's because this person has found a level of success that has enabled them to succeed in a profession. And that's Blair Chandler. 21 years, 21 years in the mortgage industry. He has seen it all, done it all. You can say, well, Stevie's never seen a borrower like me. You're wrong. You're wrong. Maybe you're a non-conforming borrower. Maybe you're kind of atypical. Maybe you don't have the best credit. Maybe you need to consolidate some debt. Maybe you've had a major change in life and your revenue stream or whatever. It's difficult to keep up. Get your equity working for you. Help yourself sleep at night. The, la- the worst thing in the world I can begin to imagine for a parent is thinking about losing your home. You know, having to shield your kids from all that. It's like, oh my gosh, we're behind a couple of payments. What are we going to do? And you just know at any day they're going to start foreclosure proceedings. Let Blair help. You may have an opportunity to refinance your mortgage and save your home. Prevent you from having to uproot your kids. People say, well, Steve, it's not that dire. Sometimes it is. You know your situation. Maybe you're in denial. Reach out to Blair Chandler today at Close with Blair. That's Close, C-L-O-S-E, with Blair.com. And Blair can get you guys rolling. Simple as that, Blair can get you guys rolling. Let me give you Blair's personal cell number. Not his office number. Not his email address. Not his Facebook. I'm going to give you his personal cell. You can call or text him today at 601-500-2344. Again, that's 601-500-2344. And Blair, a mortgage professional, is going to give you a little incentive to reach out to him. He's going to pay for your appraisal. That's right. He's going to pay for your appraisal. 
Just mention to him you heard about him on the barnyard, whether it be by call or text or email or carrier pigeon, and he'll give you your appraisal for free. How cool is that? Again, that's closewithblair.com. Okay, so we called an audible on Wednesday, and, um, you know, we did uh, Queens of some Stone Age and the Screaming Trees, and um, so we're back on schedule today. We're doing the uh, top ten country Mississippi State walkout songs. And there's only like ten of them anyway. So it worked out pretty good. Uh, I thought the guys did a really good job this year on the walkouts. I thought last year was a pretty bad year. There were a few guys that were really good. There were a lot of songs last year that were not. Far be it for me to criticize somebody's walkout song. But I thought this year we did really well. Uh, We've got some country stuff. I'm not a big country guy. I like some of it. You know, no Chris Stapleton this year, which is a disappointment. I kind of like the outlaw country a little bit too. And let me throw a shout out to, if you hadn't heard Corey Keyes' new album, check it out. Corey Keyes, uh, I got to know Corey Keyes' music because of the Outlaw, was it Outlaws and Outsiders? Yeah, Outlaws and Outsiders. He's from Canada, plays country music. Had uh, Ivan Moody from Five Finger Death Punch and Mick Mars, Travis Tritt. It's a great song. Corey's really good, though. That whole album is great. New album is out, too, Nashville Nights. Check it out if you're a country music fan. All right, so here are my top ten Mississippi State 2022 Country Walkout Songs. Number 10, I love Brad Cumbus to death. Brad is outstanding. Brad and I don't always um, have the same musical taste. He j- but I will say this about Brad. Brad is true to country. He has the true country stuff. You know, you don't see Brad Cumbus walking around like some bedazzled jeans calling anybody, girl. He, no, 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 it's not him. But he went with John Deere Green from Joe Diffie. That's number 10 on your list, John Deere Green from Joe Diffie. Uh, Number nine, interesting. This is uh, Hunter Hines' walkout song. It's Y'all People by Cody Johnson. It appears that Mississippi State Baseball is a big fan of Cody Johnson. I don't know much about Cody Johnson. I listen to these songs, and I rank them accordingly. But Y'all People is the one that um, I suspect will be a little more popular. There's no... um, yeah, there's no small town USA on the list this year. Maybe we should play that one regularly too. Uh, number eight on the list, it's Aaron Downs' walkout song. It's Out There by Luke Combs. I know there's a lot of Luke Combs fans. I and mean, there are tons of Luke Combs fans. Like I don't I don't see like most a lot of rock fans, we like we we rep the brand and wear a lot of shirts. You don't see a lot of uh, country music shirts out there, but there are a lot of Luke Combs shirts out there. Like, if you go to Tupelo and you're at the mall, you're going to see some people wearing Luke Combs stuff. So, out there from Aaron Downs, and uh, we're expected to see him play this weekend. Looking forward to that. That's a rumor, anyway. Number seven, one of my favorite players, Cameron James. I'm a big Cam James fan. I expect Cam to have a big year this year. Uh, This is a guy, too, that um, when he got here, from the moment that he got here, He's been talking about, you know, we're here to win an AFL championship. And Cam's kind of a quiet leader type guy. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, he's shy or anything, but he's not the big rah-rah in your face type guy. This guy loves playing baseball. Pretty nifty little song here. I'd never heard it before. And uh, I I think it's pretty cool. Cam turns me on to it, obviously, from his walkout. But it's uh, Nico Moon's Good Time. And it is a cool little song. 
could have possibly made a case to move it up on the list. But number seven, Good Time from Cameron James. Uh, that's your Nico Moon's the artist there. But um, interesting little song. And, you know, what, what's interesting, too, is like some of these songs, too, there's getting to be more rap influence in country. And I don't know how I feel about that. I, I don't. Like the freestyle thing over a steel guitar. Just, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if that works. And, and I, like some people will say, well, you know, well, country and rap are similar. They're in no way similar. None. Zero. Nothing. Nothing similar about the two. And it's like we have this melting pot, and sometimes it works. You know, when Nelly was with Florida George Line on, on cruise, well, it, it kind of worked. made a little sense. Now it's like everybody's like, oh, well, let's do that. Eh, I don't know. Listen to what you want. Uh, Cade Smith's walkout is number six. It's The Outsiders by Eric Church. And I know Eric Church is a guy, too, with a big following, too. Eric Church, uh, not necessarily the twangy country quite as much that I've heard. Yeah, I don't know his catalog. Is, and I'm sure what somebody's going to mess Steve, you're wrong about this. And maybe I am. Uh, the stuff that I've heard from Eric Church is a little more, um, it's got a little more of an edge to it, I guess. But I like this song, The Outsiders. And maybe it's because I am one of those outsiders. Uh, number five, Cody Johnson makes his second appearance on the list with Welcome to the Show. That's Von Siebert. Saw Von yesterday, as a matter of fact, uh, when I was uh, visiting baseball. Uh, Von Siebert, this is a guy that's barreled up a few baseballs, too. Hadn't had a whole lot drop, but the guy is seeing the baseball well. Just has been a little bit unlucky so far. I'm excited to see what he can do. But it's Welcome to the Show. And I like a guy that's got that kind of confidence. Like, welcome to the show. Welcome to the gun show. We're about to get it done. Number four, this is a little different one, too. You know, um, it's the driving around song from Colt Ford. And we talked, this is, again, the rap thing. I, I like the Jason Aldean part on this. I, th- I think that's right. Um, I think it's Jason Aldean that sings that part. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting song. And it plays well at Duty Noble. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, you know, there's just, there's some songs that just sound better, like at our place. And that's the case here. You know, I think this song sounds good on the PA. And we can thank Drew McGowan for that. You know, Drew McGowan's you know, kind of been a reserve outfielder most of his career. Um, he's had a couple of hits for us on the year already. So it gives you some options out there. Driving Around Song by Colt Ford with Jason Aldean. Uh, number three, this is one of those songs, too, that um, it's so completely Southern that I don't know that many people would, would appreciate it, like, outside of our area. But it is a great, great song. And it's Preston Johnson's walkout, Whistling Dixie by Randy Hauser. Like, the whole thing about, you know, learning bad habits from your pawpaw. Well, if you're from Mississippi, yeah, you, you've learned some of those things, you know, Right. It's the reality, reality of living in the South. It is a great tune. And again, it's one of those songs, too. Maybe it's because we associate the song to Preston Johnson because Preston's been such a great addition to the team. And as a matter of fact, he's going to start on Saturday in place of Casey Hunt. Um, interesting. I didn't think we'd make a change this weekend, but we are. So we'll hear Whistle and Dixie early in that song. But, uh, yeah, it's a good song. It's a good time and track. And I think the riding's pretty cool, too. All right, number two, it's Crazy Town by Jason Aldean. I'm not a big Jason Aldean fan, but uh, there's a handful of songs with him that, you know, that, that I think are really interesting. And this is one of them, Crazy Town. is um, It's a cool little track. 
you know, it's people just trying to make it, that sort of stuff, and uh, get ahead in the uh, country music scene. Uh, Bryce Chance is our our friend that uh, provides that song for us on game day. Bryce Chance, Crazy Town, Jason Aldean. Um, but yeah, you know, to me, Jason Aldean, there's a lot of there's a lot of similarity in the catalog. You know, it's like people's like, oh, you gotta listen to this, and it sounds just like the song I heard ten minutes ago. You know, there's a lot of that. I think this one's a little different. But number one. And to me, this is an easy number one. That's the first thing I wrote down. The number one country music walkout song for Mississippi State baseball this year it was one of the ones that was number number two last year, I believe, on this list. It's No Place Like Hometown from our homeboy, Hardy. We can thank Luke Hancock for that. It's a great song. Matter of fact, this is the song that got me in Hardy. I had never heard of Hardy. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know his music. And then I get to uh, Duty Noble Field, and Luke Hancock comes up, and I hear this song, and I'm like, that is a really cool song. Who sings that? So, well, that's Hardy. You don't know Hardy? No, I didn't know Hardy. I have become a quick study, though. Hardy is outstanding. Met Hardy, had a chance to talk to him, hang out a little bit in Omaha. Guy loves Mississippi State. He is a true bulldog. He's not just one of these people that um, is jumping on the bandwagon. This is a guy that knows it, knows the history of Mississippi State baseball. He's had favorite players. He's had favorite uh, moments. He used to talk about when, uh, whenever his dad and they would drive to Starkville and they would cross the Octibaha County line, his dad would say, this is God's country, which, of course, eventually kind of became a huge hit for Blake Shelton that Hardy wrote. So No Place Like Hometown is great. I love the Keith Urban verse in this. Uh, you know, every state's got a Decatur. There's a ball team in every paper. It's, it's great, man. It's like it's so incredibly Southern. So – uh, the reality of it is, is Hardy is number one. And uh, my hope is, as long as Luke is here, that that continues to, to remain his walkout song. And then after Luke is gone, that we will continue to play that song at Duke Noble Field. Uh, I got really frustrated last year because I said, hey, why aren't we playing Hardy on, like, the PA here? Why don't we play Hardy in pregame? Why don't we play it here? I was like, well, you know, we got licensed. And I go over to Auburn, and they're playing Hardy. And then I come back, and it's fixed. But it's like I got to go on the road to hear a Mississippi guy from Philadelphia, I mean, come on. It's great. Love Hardy. Absolutely love it. Love all the new stuff he's doing, too. If you're not a big fan of Hardy, maybe you should be. But there is no place like hometown. That's your number one Mississippi State country walkout song this year. If you have ideas for the top ten list, reach out and let me know or find me or Roy. Uh, Roy keeps the list. But I like to see what's being suggested because sometimes Roy and I don't have a chance to get together. But uh, – Roy is on Twitter at Dogmatic67 and on Spotify. It's D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-6-7, which is the year he was born. Dogmatic67. And you can find those great lists there. And thanks to our good friend Izzy Mandelbaum for putting them all on Apple Music. So when you see me retweet Roy, if you are not a Spotify person, you look down in the response that the very next tweet is Izzy putting it on iTunes for you. So there you go. Pretty incredible to have all this together. Thanks so much for your support of the Boneyard. Uh, we'll have a fresh list of top tens next week. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by CampusBookmart.net. I love going to Campus Bookmart. You will too. It's not just the great selection. It's the great service. Hometown service with a smile at Campus Bookmart. A lot of people have been there a long time. It's a great place to work. It's a great place to shop. 
Go by and see standing man, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie. And if you can't make it to town, visit them on the World Wide Web, courtesy of Al Gore's Internet at campusbookmart.net. By being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That's BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders over $50. That is a great value. You can buy a lot of stuff. You can save a few bucks every now and again just by being one of us. Pretty impressive, right? Pretty impressive. The latest in Mississippi State merch. Awesome, awesome, awesome selection there. If they don't have it, chances are they can get it. Miss Kathy Brown, an incredible buyer. If there's anything out there with the Mississippi State logo on it, chances are she's already looked into it. Go by and check them out today. Campus Book Mart in Starkville. And, of course, Campus Book Mart. .net, promo code BSR. Let's talk about women's basketball. So let me go ahead and lay it on the line with you guys. Uh, we're going to have a basketball coaching change on the women's side. Now, you say, well, Steve, we knew we had an interim coach. So the reality of the situation is this. Doug Novak done a great job at Mississippi State under some very adverse circumstances. Uh, I would venture to say he is not going to be the permanent coach. And that's okay. That's okay. Uh, we are now looking at a postseason without Mississippi State men's or women's basketball, at least from an NCAA tournament standpoint. The women now have lost four in a row. At one point, we were 6-5 and five and 15-8, and eight, and now we've lost four in a row. And, and, and that's not necessarily a reflection of Doug Novak. I mean, the quality, the schedule's gotten – uh, a little tougher, and then of course the you know the depth on the roster. We got some ladies playing hard. We just don't have enough of them, you know. And again, this is not necessarily a reflection of them or their abilities. We've just run out of gas. It was a great run. We beat Ole Miss. Felt great about life. Looked at some games ahead. Knew the schedule was getting more difficult. Knew we were going to have to win some games on the road. We have just one regular season game remaining. That is Sunday in Humphrey Coliseum at 5 p.m. If you can make it Sunday, please do, and turn out you know, for Senior Day, the final game of the regular season, the final game that we'll see at Humphrey Coliseum with ladies this year, uh, barring something totally unforeseen, you'll have an opportunity to go salute these ladies. And uh, listen, they have really represented this university well this year. Could have been an absolute abysmal season. I'm proud of the ladies. I absolutely am. I know you guys are as well. 15 and 12, you know, we're you know assured of, of ending the regular season uh, with a winning record. Good chance we're going to end the season with a winning record. And when you think about all the adversity that this program has faced this year, that is remarkable. It really is. Some have suggested Doug Novak should be coach of the year. Maybe he should be. I don't think he will be. I mean, you got the number one team in the country and uh, the conference. And then we'll get ready to go play in the SEC tournament up in Nashville. And, you, and listen, you never know. I mean, that's the thing, too. You just absolutely never know, you know, what's going to happen in that tournament. Can we win it? No. Can we win a game? Probably. Hopefully. We lose last night to Tennessee. It was a game for a half. We really hung in there and competed. It's 30-27 at the break, and then Tennessee takes over there in the third quarter with a 30-16 to quarter. It's pretty rare to see somebody put up 30 points in a quarter. They did and put the game away. 
They score 56 second-half points and win 86-64. And again, ladies are, you know, they're giving you what they have. They just don't, they don't have much left, you know. Just seven players, again, and when you've got seven, you can't really play as aggressively on defense as you want to because you got to worry about foul trouble. But, I, you know, I'm impressed. I mean, I really am. I really am. Ashley Jones with six points. Aislinn Hayes. Ace Hayes there with eight. Maya Taylor just two. 35 minutes of actions for her. Did, did not have a good night shooting. One of eight from the floor. 0 of five from three. Pulled down a couple rebounds. Dished out four assists. Had the one turnover. A couple of blocks, which led the team. And three steals. Charlotte Cole, a fan favorite. Just, you know, not athletic enough to really contend with a lot of the bigs in this league, but she's doing the best she can. That's the thing. We, we will accept losing in some respects. We understand that's part of competition. We won't expect – we won't respect the lack of effort. We're getting a lot of effort from Mississippi State and from Charlotte Cole, and, and our fans uh, love her for that. I mean, in many respects, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, you know, she's just not as talented or as athletic, a lot of the players that she's competing against, but she's still out there fighting. 27 minutes, two of four from the floor, even shot a three, a couple of free throws, five rebounds, which uh, ties for the team high. And a good, actually a pretty good effort on the glass last night, collectively. 27 rebounds of the team, and everybody on the floor at least pulled down one. We had three with five. Charlotte also three fouls, a turnover block, steal, six points. Uh, Drakelia Jordan, 26 minutes of action. Uh, eight points for her on the night. Uh, Kateri Thompson, Bree Thompson, 38 minutes, which led the team. Six of 12 from the floor. Knocked down four big threes, four out of seven. Four rebounds uh, and assists. 16 points for her. Anastasia Hayes continues to be the straw that stirs the Bulldog drink. 18 points for her and 35 minutes. Eight of 21 shooting. Uh, did not make a three. Did knock down two of three free throws. Five defensive rebounds for her. Four assists and four turnovers. But, again, we're just outclassed. I mean, we just don't – they have more talent and they have more depth. Just the reality of life, ladies and gents. You know, very balanced effort from Tennessee, four players and double figures. You kind of expect that. I mean, you know, just, just the reality of it. Uh, we never led in the ball game. The game was never tied except when it was 0-0 to start. 50 points in the paint for Tennessee. You just you don't have a big. We just don't have a big. And, uh, again, Charlotte's doing the best she can against some very talented players. We're outscored 50-28 uh, in the paint. We did uh, turn them over a little bit and, uh, you know, set up some baskets in transition. But you know, here's the reality. You know, we can sit here and break all this stuff down. But, um, you know, it's not going to be the, the season many people ex- thought it would be at the beginning of the year. And certainly not the season that people thought it would be after Rakia Jackson left the program. So, you know, it's going to be a winning season. It's not going to be one that uh, maybe is as good as we had hoped. But when you look at the effort these ladies have played with, I mean, it's, it's impossible to look at it and say, well, you know, it was a bad year. Could have been an abysmal year. Absolutely could have been. So a lot of respect for the ladies. And, uh, again, hopefully they get a decent crowd uh, Sunday night as people kind of say their goodbyes to this team. And many of these teams, players will be back next year. Uh, you never know what the portal's going to look like. But uh, – Go ahead and prepare for a coaching change. And I actually think that that coaching search is winding down. Robbie Falk posted a VIP article on jeanspage.com yesterday, uh, kind of outlining some of the candidates that we believe are the, uh, the last grouping. You know, a handful of those are probably, um, you know, probably not as viable as some others. 
but we believe that we have the coach named on that hot board. And so if you're interested in that discussion, go by and check it out at jeanspage.com. We'll get into that when the regular season ends next week. We'll get into the SEC tournament. I'll begin to kind of break down some of these candidates. Now, what I hear is what we'd like to see happen is as soon as the clock winds down on the new coaches season that we'll make our announcement. Simple as that. We're not going to be an intrusion on another program season when they're still playing for something. But as soon as that is final, and, and certainly it'll probably leak out between now and then, you know, this person has been prioritized as a candidate. But uh, we feel like we've got a pretty good finger on the pulse of things over at jeanspage.com. Be sure and come check us out over on the basketball forum. All right, final segment of the show brought to you our friends at Portico. You know, Brooks Bryan played baseball at Mississippi State. Brooks Bryan's a good dude. He's a dude surrounded by some other good dudes that are part of this great group that are bringing this wonderful residential development to Stark Vegas. Great place to live. Great place to maybe have a vacation home. A lot of people are thinking, you know what, at some point I'm going to retire. And I'd like to live in Stark. We'll be able to go to all the games because that's what I love to do. So people are kind of planning ahead. Got a few people that have already purchased, you know, kind of like a ball game weekend retreat. And so, you know what, once we're done, we're going to retire there in Starkville. I look forward to having you as a neighbor. If I was moving to Starkville now, that's where I'd move. 1.1 miles from the Mississippi State campus, easy access to 25, 12, and 82. That's pretty cool, too. You don't have to fight a lot of surface streets to get to the highway. And it's a guy that travels a lot and makes a lot of sense. So if you're tired of dragging all your stuff up here to tailgate, buy a home. You can start with a two-bedroom, two-bath home, go all the way up to a four-bedroom, four-bath home. A fantastic, fantastic, fantastic opportunity for you. Phase one's completely sold out, working through phase two now. You can have a say in picking your lot as well as your house plans. Uh, Kerry and his group do a great job with every bit of that. The builders, everybody involved in this are Mississippi State folks. And, you know, when I moved to Starkville, Give you a brief aside here. You know, it's important to me. I wanted to do business with Bulldogs. It's like, I'm going to spend the money to do this. If I'm you know, going to buy a house. And, you know, I, even down to the appraiser. I even told my lender, I was like, listen, I want a Mississippi State appraiser. And I said, well, you know, Steve, you can't really pick. I, I, I don't care. You pick them. You pick the appraiser. You pick the inspector, whatever. But you pick from a pool of Mississippi State people. I want Mississippi State people to get the business. Not only do Mississippi State people do a good job, but I just I just have the, the trust factor there. There just is. And that's kind of how I see this Portico thing. This is Bulldogs looking out for Bulldogs, making Starkville a better place to live. It's a great place now. Got a lot of construction going on, but you know what? This is the place. You don't have to fight the traffic of other neighborhoods in there because everybody's going to tell you, oh, you got to live out in South Montgomery. And I got a lot of friends that live down there, and they love it. It's just a little bit congested too busy for me. I like to be able to kind of – Leave my driveway, next thing you know, I'm on the highway. I like to be able to get moving. I don't want to have to fight traffic, and there is traffic even in Starkville. Portico is the way to go. Make it your next move. And let me give you Brooks' number. Brooks will be happy to give you more information. Again, this is one of us. You know, Brooks is a guy that wore the M over S, still wears the M over S. He just doesn't play anymore. I still believe he could play. I, I've mentioned that to him before. And uh, he goes, I probably got one at bat in me. And I said, well, then we're going to bunt because I'm going to have you show off that cardio. I'm going to have you leg out that bunt and just show everybody that Brooks Bryan still got it. Brooks' phone number, 
601-416-8075. Again, 601-416-8075. Portico, make it your next move. All right, let's talk baseball. That's what Brooks wants to hear about. Brooks texts me sometimes, hey, Steve, what time's the game? Who's pitching today? You know, uh, he's still engaged, and you are too. And that's why you come to listen to the show. It's like, well, what's going on? What's the latest? I actually had a chance to visit with Chris Simona, Scott Foxhall, called Cheesebro, Jay Gotra a little bit yesterday. They're getting ready to go. You know, they're, they're getting ready to go. And uh, we've got a big series this weekend. And it's big for us. And you say, well, you know, Steve, it's not a great opponent. And it's not, but it's not about them. It's about us. It's about, again, kind of finding a groove, kind of settling a few things. You know, we mentioned Preston Johnson's going to pitch on Saturday. I'm fine with that, you know. Uh, didn't expect him to make a change this quickly. But you know what? That can, competition's still ongoing. If, you still, if you've got somebody out there that you feel like, you know, hey, can do a better job, and do it. And KC's going to pitch a lot of innings for us this year. I got no, no qualms about that guy. I'd always had a great fall. But we got to get this rotation settled before we get into SEC play. You know, people forget about this, too. We're going to be taking a show on the road uh, next weekend. We're going to be on the road at Tulane. Hope to see you guys down there. We'll be at Pearl. It's a busy week. Tuesday, Grambling is here. That's a 4 p.m. start. And then we're going to be down at Trustmark Park, and I'm going to be signing books there. How about that? How about that? Southern Miss on Wednesday, and the team will leave from there and head on down to New Orleans. I will join them on Friday. So we'll be Tulane Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then I'll be signing books at Drusilla Seafood Monday. And then the Bulldogs in Biloxi Tuesday and Wednesday. And then we get Princeton next weekend. So we'll be our first road game next weekend. So this week is important because, you know, it's the next weekend. But also, too, you got to get this lineup settled. We only got a you know, couple weeks to kind of get this stuff done. Next thing you know, we're going to be going to Georgia. All right, so I mentioned on the show Wednesday, Northern Kentucky, the Norse, NKU. How about that? East Tennessee State. Absolutely destroyed these guys. Absolutely destroyed it. You know, and that's the thing, too, talking to uh, you know, some of our baseball people. You know, you see those scores, and it can get you going, or it can get you kind of scuffling a little bit. If you don't go in there and focus on what you've got to do, you'll make a mistake. You can't go in there relaxed. I mean, and, and now, there's a difference between, you know, being settled and being relaxed. You go in there overconfident thinking, this is going to be like a church league softball game. You get, you get beat. Remember Eastern Michigan came in here last year and pitched it as well as they did, and we had to really work hard in that series. Remember that? Yeah, you do. Uh, so not that these guys are on that same level. We can't afford to take anybody for granted. Yeah, we're the defending national champions. But listen, we're going to get everybody's best shot. Everybody out there that has Major League bas- Baseball aspirations, they're going to see an opportunity against Mississippi State, win or lose, to put some quality work on film. They'd like to get some ABs and say, hey, that's the defending NFL champs. I went down there and had seven hits against those guys. So we're going to get everybody's best effort. Let's take a quick look. Uh, they lose the first game at East Tennessee State 12-7. They lose the next one 12-4 and the final one 14-3. So not a lot in the way of pitching. Uh, let's take a quick look at this. You know, looking at last, last week's numbers, they um, – Look at the box score here. They started, Northern Kentucky did, uh, they started Kyle Klingenbeck. Kyle Klingenbeck. I don't know if I've ever known a Klingenbeck, but he was the game one starter for those guys. Didn't hang around for very long. 
Uh, Northern Kentucky in game number two, they started Ben Girl or Gerl, G-E-R-L. Ben, no disrespect intended. I guess that's Gerl, Ben Gerl. I don't know that a name like Girl would would um, would would make it, uh, but Gerald Ben Gerald was the uh, starter there in Game Two, and then looking at Game Three, and this is one where they really they got after him pretty early. East Tennessee with five runs there in the second. Northern Kentucky didn't score until the eighth inning. Uh, they started. Man, they got some great names: Noah Sackenheim. Noah Sackenheim. I don't know that I've ever known a Sackenheim either. So uh, good for Northern Kentucky. So let's look at the statistics here and just kind of see how things have uh, fared for them. We know it hasn't been a good start to the season. They did not play a midweek game. Uh, leading hitter is uh, Traven Moss, hitting 385, 13 at-bats, five hits, three doubles and a dinger, leads the team in multiple hits, uh, excuse me, in uh, extra base hits, uh, but also is a guy that has consistently uh, put the ball in play for them. Struck out just three times in 13 at-bats. Uh, three RBIs for him as well. 0-1, still in base attempts. They have attempted just two steals on the year. They are one for two. Brendan Tucker, one for one. That is the long theft of the year. Uh, Brennan Gick, G-I-C-K, Gick, hitting 375. Played in all three games, started two. Uh, eight at bats, three hits. Also a double and a dinger. Also tied for team lead with uh, three RBIs. Brennan Tucker mentioned him a moment ago, uh, hitting 333 for him, three hits, uh, just to four total bases. Basically, a uh, you know, punching Judy guy, it appears. Manny Voorhees, that's an interesting combination. Manny Voorhees, hitting 273. Uh, so, three guys hitting about 300. You can't make any determinations on that at this point. But as a team, they hit 221 last weekend. East Tennessee State hit 355. That's Pretty significant difference there in the ability to put the ball in play. East, East Tennessee pounded out 39 hits. Northern Kentucky had 23 on the weekend. Three triples. That's pretty rare. Ten doubles, three triples, five home runs for East Tennessee State. Looks like they were able to bear the ball up a good bit. 70 total bases. It is 45 for the Norse. 22 walks issued by Northern Kentucky pitching last weekend. That won't get it done. East Tennessee allowed just six. They also uh, hit seven. Doesn't look like pitching is a strong suit for Northern Kentucky. 17 strikeouts uh, on the on the weekend against East Tennessee, while Northern Kentucky struck out 41 times. So if you look at all this and say, well, this should be a weekend for us to stretch our legs a little bit and kind of get some confidence, and I hope that's the case. Let's go back and look how the pitching went. We know who started. Uh, let's see here. Uh, kind of looking at these numbers. It looks like a lot of guys got innings last weekend. I mean, a ton of guys got innings. Uh, we talked about some of these guys a little while ago. But uh, our, our friend Kyle Klingenbach, who started the Friday game, has an ERA of 162 with a whip of 18. Woof. He takes the loss. Goes just a third of an inning. Uh, two hits, seven runs, six of them earned, four walks, gives up two triples, has a wild pitch, a hit-by-pitch. Pretty rough outing for him. 
uh, to say the least. Uh, we talked about Ben Gerald. Ben, 9.82 ERA with a whip of 273. 0 of 1 on the year, of course. Uh, 3.2 on each pitch, allowed seven hits, six runs. Four of them earned three walks, three Ks, four doubles, one home run, uh, one wild pitch, and a hit by pitch. Opponents hit 368 against him. Uh, our friend Noah Sackenheim, ERA of 18 with a whip of 4.00, had the one start, of course, lasted just one inning. One hit, two runs, two earned runs. That means he got injured. I don't know. Three walks, a couple strikeouts, also a hit by pitch. Interesting. You know, looking at some of these, you know, these numbers, they're just some things that really jump out. And control is the thing. We can't throw strikes. When we do, we get hit. We get hit hard, and we'll hit you too. Pretty rough. Uh, looks like um, maybe 13 pitchers saw action already. That's a lot. That's a lot of that's a lot of uh, guys getting some work. Nobody went more than uh, three and two thirds inning. Ben, our friend Ben, Gerald, Gerald, Ben Gerald. I'm eager to see what the pronunciation guide shows on that. Uh, he goes three and two thirds of an inning, but a lot of guys got an inning here, two innings there. A lot of guys on this staff that um, we'll see. A pretty potent offensive lineup for Mississippi State. And you can say, well, Steve, you know, we had a couple of games. Yeah, we had a couple of games. This team has a lot of potential. Uh, so we'll see how things kind of break down. But again, it's difficult. You know, you take a snapshot here uh, from some of these guys and you don't, you can't make any assessments really just off one weekend, good, bad, or indifferent. But this is a team collectively that, had, that did not pitch it well last week. There is absolutely no, nothing redeemable about that weekend. It looks like 16 pitchers, 16 pitchers. Um, maybe it's not, 14 pitchers. 14 pitchers have seen action. Drew Switzer and Blaine Walters, both two relief appearances last weekend. So uh, probably see those guys, probably the first guys out of the bullpen. But, uh, you know, I can sit here and dress this thing up and act like it's going to be some marquee matchup. It absolutely should not be. It should be a game and a series that we get out there and put up some big offensive numbers. And then, you know, a lot of our casual fans will be like, hey, look at this. You know, this is a team that we should run over. Let's just be honest about it. We are the defending NAFL champions, and this is a team that, uh, you know, really has not done much as of late. 17 of 31 last year. They were 17 and 31 last year. 14 and 25 in our conference. And so, you know, you say, well, we got some talent. You know, the guys in 2020, they went 0 and 17. 0 and 17. Woof, to say the least. So, this is a team that, you know, doesn't have a lot of guys that go back one more year that have seen a lot of college wins. They were 15 and 42 in 2019. Woof. Saying that a lot today for some reason. I'll stop. 14 and 39 back in 18. I mean, just, you know, this is this is a program. This is a pad your stats type weekend if you have the right approach. If you go out there thinking, okay, we're just going to run through these guys and lose focus in the box, you could make it interesting. But this, let me, I'm just going to say it like this. There's no way Northern Kentucky is going to beat us unless we just absolutely give them the ball game. we got too much leadership for that. I, I expect some gaudy scores, and I expect – I expect to see the, the 
the roster really happy come Monday because I think just about everybody's going to have a chance to play. And this gives you a chance, too, to try guys like Andrew Walling out here and let him get a little more inning. Let's guys that are working on some things. Let them get out there and pitch a little bit. Let some guys get some ABs. Reward the guys for some practice time. But this is, you know, anybody coming to Duty Noble Field this weekend expecting drama is probably going to leave um, somewhat disappointed in that respect, but you should be happy with the outcome. It should be, again, a chance for State to have some huge, huge offensive weekends. And so we'll, we'll see how things progress, but there's just no way you look at this and say, you know, Mississippi State is in for a tough weekend. Let's look around the league. It's almost time for that. You know what I'm saying? It's like we got you know we don't really know yet how everybody feels or what they look like and that sort of stuff. And uh, I think that's a big part of things too. Is it's kind of like in men's basketball in the non-conference. It's like everybody has a great start in a non-conference, and you don't really know what you're looking at until you get in a conference play. It's like that in baseball too. Probably more so in baseball. If there's so many teams out there to play Division One baseball, maybe don't play a lot of the sports. But um, it's an interesting league this year. Uh, Georgia off to a four and zero start. Kentucky as well, really pulling for the uh, fighting Nick Mangione's. I think I I told you guys I'm probably a little more bullish on them than some other some other people are. Uh, Tennessee also four and zero. Missouri four and one. South Carolina three and one. Florida three and two. Vanderbilt two and two. I told you I didn't believe the Vanderbilt hype at the beginning of the year. I still don't. I still don't. I think they're going to be a team that's uh, still going to be being a contention to host, but uh, I don't think Vanderbilt is an Omaha team this year. Alabama 5 and 0, Ole Miss 4 and 0, Texas A&M 4 and 1, Auburn 3 and 1, LSU 3 and 1, Arkansas 2 and 1, and Mississippi State 2 and 2. Let's take a look at the weekend schedule. How about that? A lot going on. If you love college baseball, this is a great time of year because uh, there are a ton of games available. Like if you have the ESPN app or the SEC Network Plus, you can see a ton of baseball games. All right, so here's how it breaks down today. Penn, that's right, Penn, Pennsylvania, is at Texas A&M. George Washington is at South Carolina. Northern Kentucky, of course, here at Mississippi State. Western Michigan at Kentucky. Iona at Tennessee, VCU, the Rams. Remember those? Those guys came to a regional in Starkville last year, and they they'd won what 18, 19 in a row. They're going to beat Ole Miss this weekend. No clue what they bring back, but how interesting would that be? And maybe our friends from VCU. And I'll be honest with you guys too. And I, and I'm just I just spit it to you guys as best we can. I don't know that I've ever seen a fan base come to Duty Noble Field that be more standoffish than VCU. I mean, like even the Ole Miss people. You know, we don't really like them, but, you know, maybe you've got a cousin or a coworker or whatever. Even when they come down here, they'll go out there in the lounge and socialize and that sort of stuff too. I mean, maybe you don't want them to. But the VCU folks, by and large, were very standoffish last year. That'll be an interesting, uh, you know, social dynamic with those guys going to Ole Miss. It's been pretty cool for them to be at Duty Noble Field one, you know, one year and then go to Ole Miss the next. You know, get a chance to see some good Southern baseball. Uh, Akron at Georgia the Zips will be at Georgia should be a winning weekend for Georgia Indiana's at Arkansas that could be intriguing that could be intriguing be interesting to see if Indiana can pick up a game down there Alabama at Texas 
And that's big, too. Alabama currently undefeated, going into number one Texas. It'll be in the Longhorn Network. So if you're looking for some evening entertainment when State didn't play, because, you know, we're playing afternoon games, this could be interesting. This could be really interesting. If Alabama can go over there and take a game, that's big not only for them later in the year, you know, from a net standpoint, but also, too, I think Alabama is going to be an improved team this year. I know we went over there and swept those guys last year. Um, but Brad Bohannon's a good coach, man. The guy's fiery. He's tough. Army's at Vanderbilt. You never know what to expect from the military academies. Georgia State at Florida. Missouri is at Louisiana Monroe. Who, who, who does that? Why is Mizzou going to Louisiana Monroe? Probably a chance to get some wins. Uh, Yale is at Auburn, and then Towson State is at LSU. So it should be a big weekend for wins in the SEC. You know, the one series that really jumps out out to you is Alabama and Texas. That's one right there. I don't think Alabama's in contention, but I think Alabama is certainly capable of going in there and winning a game. And that'd be big. That'd be really big. And listen, you know, hats off to Coach Bo and those guys for taking that opportunity to go play in Austin. It's a good measuring stick. That'll get those guys ready for SEC play. I said from the beginning, I thought Texas was going to be their one team in the country. They are. Can they win it? They absolutely can. Will they win it? Who knows? Who knows? And there was talk last year in the preseason that possibly Texas and A&M both could make a coaching change. And then Texas puts it together, has a great year. Uh, You remember that first weekend, they go 0-3 in Arlington, and their people were losing their minds, and then they end up, you know, being one win away from playing for a NAFL championship. So great job to David Pierce and those guys. And now here you are, the number one team in the country. A lot of people expect them to win a NAFL championship. I just think it's too, too early to say. They got a ton of pitching, though. They got a ton of pitching. But I like the spread. Again, this weekend should be, uh, should be a weekend where the SEC dominates. You know, well, if, if you're like me, I'm just hoping some of these teams can pick off a, a W somewhere. You know, if you can have, you know, uh, you know, Allen or somebody like that or Indiana pick up a win somewhere just to kind of shake things up there. You know, because a lot of these teams we're going to be in contention with for a top eight national seed. And so I'm not one of these, um, you know, guys that feels like, hey, in a non-conference, I'm always pulling for the SEC. I'll pull for the SEC in the postseason. Uh, but during the rest of the year, you know, a loss for them is good for us. we got to take care of business. But when you've got people around you that are similarly situated, I'm not pulling for them. Now, I'll be honest with you, I'd like to see Alabama go over there and win the series against Texas because I think, again, that helps us in the top eight national seed discussion. Alabama's not going to be in that discussion. Texas will be. So I'm a Mississippi State guy, so I'm rooting for what's good for Mississippi State. I hope that you'll agree. So I'll be pulling for the non-conference teams this weekend uh, with the exception of Mississippi State and Alabama. I'd love to see Army march into Nashville and, uh, and win that series. Real quickly, to looking at Vanderbilt, you know, they lost the opening series last weekend. Nobody talked about that. You know, since we lost our opening weekend, people, people that kind of goes by the wayside is Oklahoma State uh, wins that series out there. And uh, Oklahoma State is a team to really watch this year. I think they're one of those dark horse teams. And you say, well, Steve, they're ranked in the top ten. Yeah, they are now. I don't know that a lot of people were giving them juice. And I'll, I'll submit to you, Oklahoma State, one of the top 20 programs all time in college baseball. 
right there with Mississippi State in many respects. I mean, they, they are a talented team at times that gets overshadowed because of the conference they play in. But they take two out of three from Vanderbilt. How, how impressive is that? It's outstanding. And they go in there and they beat them 4-3 and 7-5. Putting up some numbers. So this Oklahoma State team, probably a team that uh, maybe you want to avoid in a super regional. I think they're I think they're a trendy team this year. Get into the year when you start breaking things down, you start looking you're like, wait a second, look at all this experience that Oklahoma State returns. And they remember last year, you know, they were they were in the mix early on for a top eight. They didn't hang on, but they were obviously a team that uh, you know had some talent, and they're going to bring a lot of guys back with them. So uh, should be an interesting weekend in the SEC in some respects. But, uh, you know, again, I've kind of got my eye on that Alabama thing. I just I think to myself, is Alabama ready to take the next step and kind of rise from a bubble team on the NCAA tournament list? Or are they a team that's ready to contend for a potential host spot? I don't know that I'm ready to say that. But I think they could be a solid number two somewhere. And I like the team. And I like uh, Brad Bohannon. And, uh, you know, Alabama, you know, obviously is not as committed to baseball as we are. They once were, you know, even though a lot of those years that uh, the Jim Wells years are like the LSU years that deserve an asterisk. Uh, but the reality of it is, is that, you know, Alabama's going to make this thing a little more interesting this year in the West. I don't think there's any question about it. I think we're going to have, we're going to have some parity in the West which I think helps Mississippi State in some respects because, you know, there have been some weekends in the past where you just kind of assumed a sweep and you hoped that somebody could pick out a game so you could kind of, you know, save pace there, you know, or keep pace, shall we say. So I think this year there's going to be a lot more of that. I think you're going to see Auburn avoid sweeps. I think you're going to see Alabama do that. I think the West is going to be much better. I think the East is better too, which is bad for Vanderbilt. I still think Florida probably wins the SEC, and that, that's how I feel today. I don't know how I feel that way once we get into SEC play. But based on the way the schedule is working, I really, I really think Florida, even though they're 15th in the country, I think Florida gets a lot of their tougher series at home. So we'll see how things progress. But um, excited about the weekend. Uh, excited to see what Mississippi State can do against Northern Kentucky. And as you saw, there is a shakeup in the pitching rotation. Landon Sims, Friday. Preston Johnson, Saturday. Uh, Cade Smith on Sunday. Uh, I don't know that this weekend tells us anything about that. But the thing that Scott Foxall and Chris Amonis want to see is let's go out there, pound the strikes on, be competitive, throw strikes, don't walk people, and then we'll see how things go. But uh, expect them to save some wear and tear. I don't think you'll see Landon Sims go seven this week, and nor should he. You know, maybe you get five innings in, turn over to bullpen. Hopefully you've got a big enough lead you can afford to do that. that that's really the hope. Let a lot of guys get some some uh, some pitching in, but also, too, save some wear and tear on the starters. Uh, I think that's you know, that, that's absolutely the way to go. You know, Scott Foxhall, I thought, managed our pitching as well as anybody in the country last year. I don't think anybody uh, could fully appreciate what we were doing in March until we got into June. Guys that throw 100 pitches and starts in March don't pitch in June. They just don't. That's kind of the rule of thumb because they're not capable of throwing in June because they get hurt. Scott Foxhall had everybody on like a 70-pitch count limit early on. 
and then you increase it a little bit week by week, and then we get into SEC play, and then we can turn the guys loose. And I remember last year, you know, when the guys from Ole Miss and the guys from Vanderbilt were throwing, you know, a thousand pitches a start, everybody's like, well, why don't we go deeper into ball games? And, well, we're, we're trying to win an AFL championship. You don't win an AFL championship in March. You don't. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today. Reminders, too, if, you, if you're looking for books, go to dogpiledabook.com. And that's not just for Dogpile. You can find Flim Flam, Alpha Dogs, and Stark Villains there. Blooms of Oleander, of course, available just about everywhere. Uh, but also, too, if you're looking for Stark Villains gear, and I get some questions about that even to this day, starkvillains.com. And you get T-shirts and hoodies in a variety of ways right there. So be sure and check it out. Hope to see you guys at the Dude. Again, I'm going to leave here in just a bit. Headed to Barnes & Noble on campus to sign books. And then tomorrow I'll be at Barnes & Noble in Richmond. I hate missing baseball games. I hate it. I hate it, but sometimes duty calls. And so we've got to go do that. They were really pushing for a Saturday. And, uh, you know, that's the thing. When you write books sometimes, you got to go sign them. And so I can't be John Grisham, you know, and say, nope, not going to do it. i got to go. we got to sell some books. And uh, if dogpile number one in the state right now, we expect it to be number one again on uh, Sunday, which is really cool. We'll probably be there for a while. But uh, – Thanks for all of that, and thanks for all your support. And appreciate all of you folks who bought online orders for your patience. Uh, it was, it, honestly, it was just so much more uh, than we really anticipated. And maybe that's short-sighted on our behalf, but we've got it taken care of now. And so your books uh, are in the mail. And, again, give it a few days. If you don't have it, like if you've gotten your notification that says that your order is complete and the book doesn't show up in a few days, hit me up, and I'll connect you with the people. We'll get it taken care of. And so – uh, things are kind of moving along here. I know it's been a long process for many of you, but your books are on the way, and I hope that you enjoy them. That's the beauty of the first edition, too. The beauty of the first edition. The, the second printing will be different than the first. The cover will be different, uh, a little bit different there. And, of course, we had some corrections we'll have to make. So you, you'll have uh, you'll have the, uh, the first edition that has, uh, you know, some imperfections, shall we say. And that is the beauty of the first edition. So I'm going to get out of here. I've been up for a long time. My dogs woke me up very early this morning, and I thought, well, you know, I'll go ahead and record the show. That way I'll be rushed the rest of the day. So I go sign books, see your smiling faces, and then be at our favorite place in the world, Duty Noble Field. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.